Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. How powerful is Cox Internet? Powerful enough to let your band members in Vegas, Phoenix, and Rhode Island jam like you're all in the same garage. Get Cox Internet powered by fiber with America's fastest download speeds. It's Internet built for tomorrow, today. Cox, always building better. Cox Internet is connected to the premises via coaxial connection. Speeds vary and are not guaranteed. Cox terms and other restrictions may apply. Analysis by Ookla speed test intelligence data. Fixed median download speeds. USQ3 2023. Now it's time for Inside the Clubhouse, a show dedicated to the Chicago baseball fan, featuring the best Chicago baseball conversation, as well as the big MLB topics, along with the biggest names, greatest guests, and listener interaction. Starring score baseball insider Bruce Levine and half of Chicago's number one sports morning show, David Haw, on Sports Radio 670 The Score and 670thescore.com. And always live on the free Odyssey app, presented by Bet Rivers Sportsbook. Good Saturday morning, Chicago. Welcome inside the clubhouse, right here on 670 The Score and your Odyssey app, broadcasting live from the Hyundai Score Studios. I am David Haw, along with Bruce Levine, talking Cubs and White Sox like we do every Saturday morning, promising on this Cubs convention weekend. This is the only panel you will get baseball talk without having to stand in line. Good morning, Bruce. Good morning, David. Yeah, and, uh, you know, we have a Cubs and White Sox convention every week here on uh, Inside the Clubhouse <laughs> because it is the celebration every week of the greatest baseball fans in the game, and that's the Chicago baseball fans. And yes, I am pandering, but I'm pandering because of the fact that you are indeed the best of town, David, convincing me that it is. And uh, again, the Cub convention this weekend, the White Sox, Sox Fest is off this year. So we will talk both Sox and Cubs as we always do, 52 weeks out of the year, last year only 51. Talking baseball, David and myself at 312-644-6767. And uh, convention news, David. Well, we want to hear from uh, the audience and what they want to to hear from Jed Hoyer and Tom Ricketts and maybe what they've heard already, Bruce. That's a good way to get the audience involved. But um, there is some news we want to go over. We're going to talk to Jamison Tyone, the new Cubs right-hander at 930. Looking forward to that. I guess the biggest news overnight, the one thing people might not have heard, is that Ian Happ and the Cubs avoided arbitration with an 11 p.m. deal struck, according to The Athletic. He will make uh, $10.5 million next year. There are other arbitration deals. That was you know, the headline of Friday because of uh, teams avoiding this uh, situation that, that no team wants to go into the season with. We remember the Wilson Contreras drama of last year. Bruce, from a bookkeeping standpoint, there were a lot of names, a lot of deals struck yesterday. Did the Ian Happ news surprise you? Uh, no, it didn't. I think the, the number was exact. Uh, I, I know he made 6.1 last year. He's going to make 10 this year and off of the, his best year as a major league player. And uh, $10 million, I mean, with, with all due respect, uh, Ian has earned it. But $10 million used to be a big deal, right? I mean, now it's yeah. like... 
you know, you're just, okay, you're, you're, you're a good major league player now. Lucas Giolito on the other side of town, the White Sox signed all of their uh, arbitration eligible players left. And uh, Lucas Giolito signed for $10 million. Uh, all of their pitchers signed, uh, David, uh, overnight here. Uh, you have Giolito, you have, uh, you have uh, Ce- uh, Caesar. I'm sorry, Dylan Cease. You have mm-hmm. um, uh, Lopez, you have Kopech. And uh, you have Ruiz all signing uh, to avoid arbitration. So, uh, again, uh, maybe the best deal in baseball right now is the $5.7 million the White Sox are paying Dylan Cease. I was thinking the same thing, Bruce. He is the most, uh, if he's not the most underpaid pitcher in baseball, he's the best bargain, no doubt about it. They maximize everything. They get out of that uh, $5.6 million, money well spent. From a baseball perspective, Bruce, I, I think that we heard a lot of rhetoric uh, from beginning with Tom Ricketts on the Mullen Haw Show on Friday morning. We'll get to some of that. Through Kyle Hendricks on the red carpet, which was good stuff. We'll get to that, too. But I wanted to ke- get your impression of, of maybe the thing that stood out to me. Nick Madrigal, the guy that we tend to overlook, he's easy to overlook with all of the attention paid, the new Cubs middle infield with Nico Horner and Dansby Swanson, the $25 million man. Nick Madrigal, still there, still a pretty capable hitter. He's taking ground balls at third base, trying to find out where he fits on this roster. What do you think of that, and does he fit on this roster, or is this just a way to maybe, I don't know, increase his trade value? Well, you know, again, uh, Jed Hoyer talking to us media types yesterday pointed out injury is always a huge part of what the game of baseball is all about. So you cannot have enough depth. Uh, you know, Madrigal certainly is being overlooked these days, I think, and the good reason why he hasn't been able to stay on the field healthy. Uh, nobody questions the fact that he could be a good player. I think he showed signs of it for about two or three weeks last year where uh, – you know, the, the bat-to-ball skills showed up once again, the feistiness of the way the guy plays. He plays with a lot of intensity, but has not been uh, well for the last uh, three years now. And uh, that alone, uh, you know, was a portion of what Hoyer talked about yesterday, saying, hey, we're going to have him take ground balls at third base. Uh, we, we want him to be a versatile player, able to play. So I don't think they're discounting him, but... You know, when you hear about Horner at second base, you hear about uh, you hear about Swanson at shortstop. Uh, you know, there, there's no place for him to to go at this point, other than be a utility guy and be ready if somebody is hurt. Will, will they trade him? I, I don't know, David. You tell me. Does he really have any trade value at this point? I don't think so. I think he probably would be more likely a throw-in, and I think he's more valuable to the Cubs as a depth piece, as somebody who is there to provide insurance in the event of an injury. And, Bruce, let's face it, if they are active and able to uh, to add a, a dangerous bat before the beginning of spring training, you may need what he has to offer offensively. He is still a pretty productive player. I don't know how he fits or how often he would play, but he still is a guy capable of hitting around 300. He's a big on-base guy, and he doesn't strike out a lot. We all know about Nicky Two Strikes, the way he was introduced by Cole Wright at the Cubs convention on Friday night. So let's wait and see with Nick Madrigal. But I did find his ability or willingness to take ground balls at third base something that's good. You need as many Christopher Morrell types as you can possibly get on that roster. Versatility is is valuable. And that um, that's just the way that Nick Madrigal can make it the most 
out of him, out of his Cubs tenure, and, and frankly, the most out of his career. He'll last longer the more positions he can play. Yeah, uh, when I was first hired by Mitch Rosen at uh, ESPN, he said the same thing. Hey, if you're versatile, we'll put you in a lot of spots. Well, they didn't put me in a lot of sp- I covered all the sports, but they didn't, didn't put me. I wasn't that versatile. I was well, I, I was pretty much a straightforward information reporter. That was it. You know, and I was never a great talk show host. You make me a better talk show host every Saturday here as we talk. But Thank you, Bruce. Uh, again, you're, uh, you're, you're versatile ver- and you're valuable to me. But I know what you mean. And if All I right. start talking about taking the North, stop me and tell me this isn't the Take the North podcast, okay? <laughs> Along those same lines. Let's, uh, let's move on because I, I think we heard from Tom Ricketts uh, on, on Friday, Bruce, and I want to get into some of the things that he said because I want to get your opinion. You know, this is, this is the, the Cub Convention's return, and it's all about packaging enthusiasm and selling hope. And, and that's the idea John McDonough came up with years ago, and it's a great thing to do for Cub fans. Some years it's warranted and some years it's not. But I have to say this. After the last two seasons, as we sit here this morning, looking at what the Cubs have assembled, and seeing the enthusiasm at the downtown Sheraton from introducing Pete Crow Armstrong to Dansby Swanson and every Cub in between, even going back and having all the greats there, the new Cub Hall of Famers, Sean Dunstan and Mark Grace, Rhino sitting there next to Andre Dawson. If you are a Cubs fan, you're excited. And if you're a Cubs fan, you want to be part of this in a way that it's been a couple years before I think you felt this in January. Bruce, do you think that this is just as a, a byproduct of having the convention return and gathering all the people at the same spot and, and everything is optimistic? Or do you think that what the Cubs are on the cusp of does feel worthy of the kind of excitement that is obvious in Chicago about the Cubs? I think Cub fans really took uh, the offseason by the Cubs seriously for the first time in four years, maybe, um, maybe longer. Uh, because they they signed uh, Tyone and then they signed uh, Swanson. I think the Swanson signing was a you know a pointing hey they're committed to winning again okay because you know last year we saw you know, the signing of Suzuki that was a roll of the dice on a Japanese player a very good Japanese player I think he's going to continue to get better and then you saw uh, Stroman for a three year deal and, and a lot of money but. The, the longer commitment wasn't there uh, for a star player until they signed Swanson. Now they've signed uh, Taon as well. So and, and he's going to be our guest at uh, 9.30 this, this, this morning as well. But, David, I, I think there was real enthusiasm about that for the first time in a long time, maybe since the Darvish trade like three years ago uh, when, when everybody saw what was a rebuild for sure at that point when he was dealt. I think that's a good way to to look at it. And and I think that when you hear the kind of ambition stated publicly at the top, starting with Tom Ricketts, that's what you want to hear. You want, you want to have the goals. uh, I I think you want to be very open about what, what you you come into a season wanting to accomplish. I, I think the last two seasons have been difficult, long slogs. Now the second half of last year, was encouraging for the Cubs, but Bruce, it was by it was by more surprise than design. That wasn't supposed to end that well. But what right. we heard from Tom Ricketts on Friday morning on the Mullion Haw Show was a stated plan 
to make the playoffs in 2023, and this is what he had to say. Well, obviously we're going in looking to, to make a playoff spot. Um, I think uh, the difficulty in that is there's a lot of good teams in the National League, so maybe our best answer is to try to win our division uh, because I, I, you know, if you look at what's happening in the NL East, there's some teams that are really built, built for speed right now, teams that are really on top, you know, a couple – 100-win wildcard-type teams may be out there. But, um, but really, you know, for us, uh, you know, we've, we've really solidified. We've improved our offense. We've really I mean, we've got excellent defense. We have a lot of pitching depth, like, uh, like we probably have never had here in terms of starting pitchers that we can use. And every day we're just going to give Rossi as many, as many pieces and parts as, as we can, let him and Andy Green and the analytics staff put together the, the best lineup for the day. And um, – Hopefully we get off to a pretty solid start and, you know, try to stay at the top of our division all year. If uh, things are going well in July, look to look to add a player or two to keep us on top. And I'm looking forward to getting back to the playoffs. That's that's the goal. Bruce, do you like the way that Tom Rick gets established making the playoffs as a goal? And is it realistic in 2023? I think he's being the most honest that he can. Uh, I, I don't think he said, hey, many, you know, Tom – ever since he bought the team with his family back in 2009, have always said, hey, our goal is to win the World Series. We're not hearing World Series this year. We're hearing uh, more steps up toward being a permanent contender again in the division. They're not quite there yet, okay? They're going to have to prove it on the field. But, you know, the last 70 games last year, as we talked about, going 39-31, everybody felt really positive going forward. I, I think they, you know, as Tom talked about, the pitching Depth is getting better. I don't quite believe what he said that, that they're deep in pitching. I, I don't think that's. I don't think we're there yet. I, I don't think Kyle Hendricks is. Hmm. Um, there's a, there's a good possibility he's not ready for opening day. He's doing well. He's progressing nicely, but um, it was a more serious injury than people thought. Uh, you know, a, again, the young guys like Steele and Thompson are going to have to continue uh, in a linear way toward being. Uh, good major league pitchers and uh and you know again stroman has to stay healthy out there so i think there's there's more depth you know they sent smiley uh they have they have a little bit more depth right now uh, they have more young pitchers coming from trades and the minor leagues but again the, the proof is in the pudding until i see that rotation out there dealing every day April, May, and June, I'm, I'm not going to be able to tell you what kind of team the Cubs are going to be in 2023. I want to get back to that because I, I, I slightly disagree, but I also thought it was interesting that I didn't necessarily see what Tom Ricketts saw in terms of the best path to the playoffs. I, I, I loved his optimism because I do think that it's great when you have the chairman of the team establishing the expectations and people want to say that puts pressure on the, on the GM and the president and David Ross. Great. It's all about pressure. You're in Chicago. This isn't, this isn't some mid market uh, city and and they, they should have those kind of standards each and every season with the expectation of making the playoffs each and every season. But Bruce, I don't think in the national league that when you look at the division, the Cardinals got better. They got your catcher, Tom Ricketts. They got better, I think, and the best path to the playoffs is to kind of look at the 87-win Phillies model because they got 87 wins in the toughest division in the National League last year, and they got to the World Series, so they snuck in. Just get in, baby. Get in the tournament. So I think the Cubs probably do have a path to the postseason. They can 
cling to right now, but I think it's probably as a 87 to 90 win wild card team, and that's more realistic than yeah. unseating the Cardinals. You know, I'm I'm optimistic about where they're going, but I don't with without a closer and without a uh, <clears throat> without a rotation that's completely proven that it's better. I mean, Tyone is going to make them a lot better if Hendricks healthy. They're they're going to be good with Stroman at the top. Great. Steele was one of the best young pitchers in the National League last year. So there is a lot to be optimistic about. But, uh, you know, I'm, I'm not there. The one saving grace, and, and it's really not Mark Grace, but grace in general, <laughs> is David. One saving grace is the Cubs have been able to take advantage in numerous ways of a very weak division. Okay. So you have Pittsburgh. You have Cincinnati. Those are non-entities, okay, at this point. You have Milwaukee, who has really not done an awful lot over the last couple of years and, and traded away their closer at the end of the year last year. Um, those are telltale signs that, uh, you know, th- th- they do really great things in Milwaukee on a low budget, but they're not going to spend a ton of money uh, to, to get better. So it's right there for the Cubs with any increase whatsoever, as you point out, to be right there, you know, waiting for the Cardinals to fail. If the Cardinals pitching staff fails, because obviously, obviously if they're, they're starting defensive players, they're starting offensive players, that's a really good team. Cardinals are a really good team, but I'm I'm not a big, I'm a huge fan of their rotation. Okay. If the Cubs are able to overtake the Cardinals, if they are going to contend for a playoff spot, it will be because a lot of these signings came through. Dansby Swanson, Jameson Tyone, and because of the free agency and the mixture of, of young guys. When Tom Ricketts was on the Mullinghaw show on Friday morning, because of how important these free agents have now instantly become, I asked him about his role in pursuing guys like Swanson and Tyone. Well, yeah, I, I talk to Jed pretty much every day. So I always have a pretty good feel for where um, where he and and the baseball guys are at on a on a particular player or a particular decision, um, with respect to direct contact with players, I'm always available. Um, you know, sometimes it's uh, there have been times where I'll go out to dinner with a potential free agent, uh, but uh, but this time I mean I didn't I didn't meet Dansby until after we signed him, um, so uh, you just try to be available and supportive. And if they think it's helpful to get on a plane to go see a guy, I've done that in the past. If if they don't think it's necessary, or if the process is moving too quickly for for that kind of meeting, then then I just stay back and let Jed know how I can help. Bruce, did it surprise you he didn't meet Dansby Swanson until after they signed the deal? You there, Bruce? I, you must not have – you may have dropped off. I was surprised by the fact that Tom Ricketts got to the point where you know, he, he trusts his guys. I get that. But I guess every player is different. Every situation and negotiation is different. But the fact that he did not meet Dansby Swanson until after they had committed $177 million, I think, is was stood out to me. How about you, Bruce? Yeah, David, I, I, I'm, I'm not surprised. I really believe that uh, there's – Tremendous trust in Jed Hoyer and the front office of the Cubs and that uh, he doesn't have to uh, sit down and talk about a, a five-year deal uh, with a shortstop, even though he's going to be their shortstop of the future. And it's the highest 
highest salary uh, that they've second highest salary that they've ever given out as far as total amount of money given in a contract maybe it's a little surprising but again it, it shows you that uh you know when it comes to baseball operations tom ricketts really trusts jed hoyer and his people when it comes to business uh crane kenny is the guy i i, I think i think the cubs uh, have a pretty well organized so uh, I, I think it just shows great faith in his people and one of those people uh, who he has rewarded that faith is Kyle Hendricks, and he is the only player left from the 2016 World Series champions. And with all of the talk yesterday from everybody who is assembled for the Cubs convention at the downtown Sheraton, and there's a lot of enthusiasm in, the, in that building, Kyle Hendricks made it clear that he backed up what Tom Ricketts had to say about the main objective for 2023. Oh, absolutely, man. You see this division uh, a lot of times, you know, there's star teams and kind of other other divisions, too. But this one is it's up for grabs with the group we got right now. I would see us definitely near the top of that. Obviously, you take it day by day. You know, you attack each day and each opponent that you have. But as the whole, if you're looking at it on paper, I mean, God, we're going to be we're going to be pitching and playing some defense. And now the lineup we put together, we can't super well-rounded team. You know, we're kind of hitting every phase. So I'm super excited to see just the production and how we do. But we got, I would say we got a very good chance this year. Bruce, I think what he's trying to say is that he disagrees with your assessment of the pitching staff. Well, you know, Kyle's going to be a big part of that. He's coming off of two down years. Last year, he tried to pitch through injury for six or seven weeks, and it just didn't work out. Uh, the year before wasn't great. Uh, you know, you look at Kyle, he still has a baby face. You think he's a pretty young guy. He's, you know, he's going to be uh, 33, 34 years old this year. So a lot of, lot of uh, bullets out there. Uh, my intel on uh, Hendricks is there's a chance he won't be on the uh, opening day roster and that it might take him a little bit longer. Uh, Hoyer admitted yesterday that they're going to slow roll it a little bit going forward with Hendricks, not to uh, push him too much from the injuries. So uh, I, I think there's still a lot to prove out there. Uh, again, I'm very optimistic about the Cubs. I think they did a lot of really good things, but, you know, 87 to 90 wins that you know you're gonna you're gonna have to show me what you got as far as your closer goes you're gonna show have to show me how your depth and your rotation is gonna work I think uh, in the field or defensively they're gonna be a lot better offensively they should be a little bit better uh, you know with the shortstop adding uh, offense there whatever Hosmer is gonna bring at first base whatever uh, you know the younger players bring we'll see uh, but again uh, you're going to have to show me where the pitching's at coming out of spring training. I'm going to have to their, that. their opening day lineup could include six gold glovers. They're going to lean into defense. Their pitching has to rely on its depth. Before we break quickly, you mentioned your, your questions and maybe your intel shows you that Kyle Hendricks might not be ready for opening day. When is Cody Hoyer going to be returning to the point where you can count on him in the bullpen? Um, probably mid-June. Okay, I think it was uh, mid-June, maybe early July. They're saying about five to six months from today. That, that's, uh, that's his projection of when he'll be ready. And that'll be great. I mean, he, he might be the, the trade that you don't have to make. Hoyer coming back, going into your bullpen, bringing back the 97, 98-mile-an-hour fastball, you hope. Uh, or, or is that too much to expect from a guy coming back from Tommy John? We'll find out. But uh, that's, that's his projection of where he's at right now. He's Bruce Levine. I'm David Hall. This is Inside the Clubhouse, the Cubs convention weekend. A lot of excitement at the downtown Sheraton. We will also talk White Sox in the show. We're on the air building a bridge to DePaul basketball at 1045. 
Looking forward to that with Zach Zaidman on the call. When we come back, the Cubs added a right-handed veteran pitcher, Jamison Tyone, to this staff that is full of veteran uh, savvy, and he is one of the reasons why there is such optimism in the pitching depth with the Chicago Cubs. We will talk to Jamison Tyone next inside the clubhouse, Chicago Sports Radio, 670 The Score. Obviously, Hayden and Javi Assad did a really nice job of putting themselves on the map uh, on the back end of our season. But uh, we, this is probably the most pitching depth we've had in a really long time. And J-Mo, um, he adds to that. Obviously, he's got a, a really good resume. I talked to uh, some guys at the Yankees who just raved about this guy's makeup, the way he competes, the way he goes about his business. We're back with more Inside the Clubhouse with Bruce Levine and David Haw on Sports Radio 670 The Score and 670thescore.com, presented by Bet Rivers Sportsbook. Welcome back Inside the Clubhouse, Chicago Sports Radio 670 The Score. David Haw, Bruce Levine, until 1045 today. DePaul basketball follows us immediately. Talking Cubs, talking Cubs convention, and the addition of Jamison Tyone. You heard from David Ross, believes this is as much pitching depth as he has had as the manager. Jameson Tyone comes over from the Yankees, Bruce, career high, tied, tying 14 victories, somebody who takes the ball every fifth day. You're getting dependability. You're getting predictability. If he stays healthy, you're getting consistency. That is, you know, I, what every staff needs. I wonder how he slots into this rotation. Well, I mean, he could be uh, upwards uh, as the number one uh, at, at some point there. I mean, you, you look at uh, Stroman coming back uh, this year, well, second year of a three-year deal, but can walk after this season, David. You know, he, he has that built into his contract. You have Hendricks, who, you know, we're not sure if he's going to start late or not. Has obviously been the, the ace of the staff. And you have the emerging uh, Justin Steele, who uh, is probably uh, – the most uh, the sexiest pitcher that the, the Chicago Cubs have moving forward after what he showed last year, and you know the ability for the first time to that the Chicago Cubs are using somebody from their uh, from their minor league system to be a part of the rotation and a big part moving forward in probably 10, 12 years, maybe since uh, back you know with the uh, you know the guys that established themselves with. Uh, um, you know, with Wood and Pryor and, uh, and Zabrano back in the early 2020s. The newest addition to that rotation joins us now on the guest hotline presented by Circa Resort and Casino in Las Vegas, home of the world's largest sportsbook, new Cubs right-hander, Jameson Tyone. Welcome inside the clubhouse. Thank you for joining us this morning. Yeah, good morning. Thanks for having me. Jameson, just first impressions. Welcome to Chicago. The Cubs convention is back. I know this is your first one. What – what has it been like the past 24 hours or so? Uh, yeah, it's been a whirlwind. Um, you know, this is like the first exposure to a lot of the guys on the team for me and a lot of the coaching staff and stuff. So trying to remember as many names as I can, trying to get to know the guys. Um, you know, hopefully that will give me a little bit of a head start when we get down to Arizona. I won't have to waste a few days of spring training just trying to introduce myself to everybody. So it's good to get that out of the way and then, um, you know, there was a lot of energy in the building last night. Um, you know, that was a pretty cool first exposure for me to the Cubs fans for my first time as, you know, being an actual Cubs player. So that was pretty cool. Yeah. Speaking of that, uh, you know, when they were doing their homework on you and you were doing their homework on the Cubs, Jameson, uh, it was pretty obvious uh, 
that uh, you got five stars all the way across, not only for your obvious pitching talent, but from the ability to be a great teammate, not a good teammate, but a great teammate, and somebody that uh, was uh, always involved with his teammates even when he wasn't pitching. Uh, David Ross pointed out yesterday that you're one of those starting pitchers that watches entire games from benches most of the time, that you, you take a lot of interest in what, you're, uh, what the other players are doing. How, how were you raised in the game to, to get to that point of being not only a talented guy, but an outstanding teammate? Yeah. Um, well, I think, honestly, first off, I think, you know, being a guy who's unfortunately gone through some, some injury rehabs, um, I think I learned a lot of that just going through those. You know, if I'm making money to be on a big league roster, I want to find ways that I can be useful and impact guys when I'm, you know, not able to perform or play. And then when you're healthy, obviously I only pitch every fifth day. So, um, yeah, I mean, how can I, you know, learn about what my teammates are doing? And, you know, for the position player group, I can watch watch a game and maybe go up to Dansby during the game and say, hey, dude, like, I don't know if you've noticed, but this guy can't throw his fastball for a strike when he needs to. He's throwing a slider every time he's behind in the count, stuff like that. Um, I take pride in doing it. And then on the pitching side, you know, it's pretty cool. You get to watch – let's say a guy like Justin Steele, I watch him working on his breaking ball in a bullpen in between starts. And then, you know, you get to sit out there and watch him compete and, uh, you know, take out what he's been working on to the game. And, you know, to me, like be able to go up to him and say, Hey man, I saw you working on that in your bullpen. I saw some good signs out of that in the game, stuff like that. Um, so I learned a lot of that. I would just say through rehab and injuries. And then also um, when I was younger, like Garrett Cole used to watch games like that. Uh, very active in the dugout. Um, you know, Ryan Vogelsong is a guy when I was a rookie who's in the dugout, and I got to learn a lot of that from him, too. And he's been on some winning teams, so I feel like that kind of stuff just gets passed down. Jameson, you referenced the two surgeries you came back from. You also mm-hmm. are a cancer survivor, having overcome testicular cancer. People refer to you as a veteran, and you are, and trusted and respected. You're only, but you're still a 31 year old young man. And I just wonder, having gone through everything that you have gone through from a medical perspective, the surgeries, the cancer, where does that resolve come from? What, what was it about your upbringing? What is it about your makeup and your experiences that allowed you to have the perseverance to overcome what you have overcome? Yeah, I mean, you know, I definitely, I mean, I had a good upbringing, good siblings, really supportive siblings, a lot of people I could look up to in my life. But, you know, when adversity comes, you're never really sure how you're going to handle it. And for me, um, you know, something that stands out to me looking back on everything is like every time I had something thrown my way, I just felt like in that moment, you know, I, I had healed from whatever I previously had gone through. And then in that moment, it was about like, okay, why did this happen to me? How can I get better? What can I learn from this? Um, so I guess I kind of just like compartmentalized everything. I would attack each rehab or injury just kind of like it was its own new thing. So the second elbow one, it was like, okay, why did this happen? Why have I hurt my elbow twice? Why? Um, you know, why is this happening? Can I change my mechanics? Can I change my diet? Can I change my routine? Um, so I would say through everything that's been thrown at me, like there's, it's always just a fresh challenge for me to try to crack the code and solve and figure out so it can't happen again. And, um, you know, I guess that's kind of just how I've handled it. Jameson with us on Inside the Clubhouse. I'm Bruce. He's David. We're here 52 weeks out of the year talking Chicago baseball on the score. Uh, Jamison, when you look at 177 innings pitch, 32 starts, those are magical numbers these days in baseball. And maybe 
maybe you don't look at it that way, but uh, certainly uh, making all your starts after what you've been through, making all your starts in this era, and 177 innings is the new 200. 175 is the new 200 in baseball. Uh, how much pride have you, did you take in last year? And, and you proved it to baseball to get a contract like you did, but what did you prove to yourself being able to, to roll like you did last season? Yeah, yeah, it's interesting. I mean, definitely happy with making all my starts. I do feel like I could have thrown more innings, honestly. Coming out of the lockout, um, you know, I was probably on like a 75-pitch limit for the first month there, so I feel like I got taken out of some games due to pitch count early in the year, looking out for health and stuff, but I, I do feel like throwing more innings could be in my future. That's a goal of mine. Um, but, yeah, I mean, obviously having nice peripherals and side numbers and all that are nice, but um, you know, within the game and within the clubhouse, um, there's a lot of respect for guys that post up and make their starts. And I, you know, had never really had that reputation throughout my career. And the last two years, I think I've made 61 or 62 starts combined. So that's something I've always, I've always really admired out of guys who go out there, take the ball when it's their turn, give the team a chance to win. And, um, you know, that's something I had been working for my whole career. So hopefully, I've found a, a routine that works and something that can keep me on the field and keep me out there every fifth day. So, Jameson, you had some options, I'm sure, uh, highly sought after free agent after the kind of season you had with the Yankees. So which conversation carried more weight in terms of why you're in Chicago, the one you had in person with Craig Breslow, the assistant general manager, who met you in person and told you about what to expect with the Cubs, or Anthony Rizzo, your former Yankees teammate, telling you how good it can be if you win in Chicago? Yeah, I mean, I feel like when I was making a decision, I took all of it into into account. Um, but, you know, the thing with, like, Breslow that stuck out was that pitching department as a whole kind of had a plan for me. And when they met with me, they were prepared. And, you know, that really kind of turned me on to them when they, they came to me and said, hey, we think, you know, obviously you're a good major league pitcher, you're solid, but we think we can help you get to another level by, you know, they, they showed me some mechanical things, they showed me some pitch usage things, uh, some pitch metrics things. And they had like a very clear plan outlined for me. And, um, you know, that, that really kind of sparked my interest right there. Um, and then as far as just previous players, Rizzo being one of them, like, and, you know, it was something I feel like I was aware of you know, just how good this, this city can be when, when the team's playing well and the support they get and the fan base and, and all that. And, um, you know, Rizzo is definitely one of those guys who just said, Hey man, like, you know, you get the chance to play there i think you would really enjoy it um scott efros was another one who had just come over to the yankees but he had you know just glowing reviews of everyone on on the cubs pitching side and everyone in the clubhouse so um you know i feel like i kind of just weighed it all and put it all together in one coming in as a young player to wrigley field and being the opponent what was what was that like and what was the vibe like uh you know when you'd see a full house all the time as opposed to you know, Pittsburgh that, you know, they have good fans, but they don't you know, normally show up. A lot of times the team hasn't given them a good reason to. Uh, what, what, was the, what was that like for you as a younger player coming in and, and watching the vibe at Wrigley Field? Yeah, I mean, Wrigley Field was hard to play at when we were coming up. I mean, first off, you had the roster that they were throwing out there against us. And uh, my first time at Wrigley Field, I think it was Jake Arrieta pitching a Friday day game. And... You know, he was on his dominant role, and fans were going crazy. It just felt like it was their magical year there in 16. And, um, you know, it felt like 
anytime we were in a game, we would quickly find a way to get out of it at Wrigley. So it was it was hard being a young team and a young player coming into Wrigley. Um, yeah, it's definitely one of the, the better home field advantages in the sport for sure. So, Jameson, tell us about your coffee company and with Ian Happ also in the same coffee business. Are you guys collaborators, competitors? How is that going to work in the Cubs clubhouse? Yeah, well, we're just going to be collaborators, I think. I'm more of a I don't I don't actually own any coffee company. I've done collaborations with different coffee companies, but um yeah, I just try to support local shops and cities across the league. So when we're traveling, like, you know, I'll just go out in the morning, go for a walk and try to find a good local coffee shop in whatever city we're in and then support them, buy a bag of beans or two bags, take it back to the clubhouse and keep the guys caffeinated and you know, with how many day games we're going to be playing and stuff, I think that's going to be key. So I'll set something up in my locker, and guys can just swing by and grab a cup whenever they need. (laughs) Before we let you go, what was it like experiencing 62 home runs in the magical year that Judge had? Uh, That was, you know, without, you know, some people call it the the greatest year in uh, baseball history because of the fact that uh, there's nothing attached to uh, Judge other than just being a great guy and a great teammate and, and a guy that just had a sensational season. Yeah, I mean, there was a buzz around the team there for a while. and um, He's a guy, Judge is a guy that I learned a lot from. Um, you know, everyone sees the, the home run chase and what he did there, but like I think what, what gets missed sometimes is just how good of an all-around player he is. He runs the base as well. He plays defense. He makes the, the right throws. Uh, he hits the cutoff man. He can throw through the cutoff man if he needs. Uh, leader in the clubhouse. So, you know, when he was going through it, everyone was pulling for him. Like if you were inside getting treatment or, you know, grabbing a snack or doing going to the bathroom, everyone would run outside just to, to not miss his at-bat. So it was kind of a crazy, crazy environment around it. Um, but yeah, I mean, just really happy for the guy, um, learned a lot from him. He was a position player that took a lot of interest in what his pitchers were doing. He would ask really good questions to the pitching staff, ask what you were thinking to a certain guy. Um, he would even come up to us on the bench sometime and be like, Hey, what do you think this guy's about to throw me right here? What do you think this guy's got for me? Stuff like that. So, um, just a really cool guy. Um, I've learned a lot from him and hopefully I can, you know, carry some of that on and impact other guys with what I've learned from him. Jameson, thank you so much for your time. Best of luck moving forward. Looking forward to seeing you in spring training. Awesome. Thank you. Thanks for having me. Jameson Tyone, new Cubs right-hander from the Yankees, but spent some time with the Pirates. All-around good veteran presence, Bruce. He, uh, he's he got uh, a good head on his shoulders. You can tell that from talking to him. Uh, numbers I like the most on pitchers making all their starts. Okay. That is, uh, in this day and age where uh, I don't know, uh, you can call it millennial baseball and I don't say it in a derogatory way because millennials are different, but they're very smart and they, they want to know why in numerous ways. And, and, and again, uh, playing all the games, you know, pitching all the games, I think position players, David, we've heard over, we've, we've found out over the years, don't necessarily have to play all the games anymore. But with starting pitchers making 32 starts, uh, that's the most impressive number to me. Is Jed Hoyer done adding position players? We'll talk about that when we get back. It's Inside the Clubhouse, Chicago Sports Radio, 670 to score. I mean, listen, I think that um, I think that's a valid question. Do we have enough power? I think that's a, a question. I think, you know, is there – 
you, know, you talk about stars, and I think that sometimes you need uh, you know, stars to emerge. You know, and um, you know some players you don't expect that can end up having four, five, six win seasons. Yeah. Um, but no, I think we have a lot of really good players. I think we're going to play really good defense. I think we'll be fundamentally very sound, run the bases well. Um, but yeah, I, I understand that concern. And uh, kind of going back to the 15 comment, I think that there was a, a sense in 15 that we had, you know, guys who were about to be stars on the horizon. And you know, I think we have to develop those guys. Welcome back inside the clubhouse. David Hall, Bruce Levine, Chicago Sports Radio 6-7 score. That was Jet Hoyer. On with Parkins and Spiegel Friday afternoon at the Cubs convention. It's Cubs convention weekend. We'll get to the White Sox at the top of the hour. But Jed Hoyer talking about the need for another bat, Bruce. I think that is a question Cubs fans might have as we sit here right now. Tell me this. Trey Mancini still in play? Any other possibilities for that offense that they, I think, still are going to need? Yeah, other than third base, David, I don't I don't see an opening in it. And if you're gonna keep it open for Morrell and you know, Wisdom and uh, Madrigal, I, you know, unless you know you have the uh, reincarnation of Mike Schmidt or uh, Chipper Jones, I, I don't <laughs> see I don't see where it fits. However, you're, you're trading home runs with uh, you know adding the shortstop who's a 25 home run guy. That that's kind of a wash for losing Contreras, right? So where, where does that other power come from? Especially if you look at Wisdom's 25 home runs, are those, you know, going to be there this year? Is he going to get that playing time? And then again, you know, Hap was down in home runs. Center fielder Bellinger, you know, has hit in the in the 30s before, but we don't know what he's going to do. Suzuki, we have no idea about his home run power. Uh, is Mervis going to be an emerging home run hitter in the National League? What does uh, Hosmer have left? It doesn't look like a, a big power-laden team at all. But again, with the, the new non-shifting part of the game, David, runs might be produced at a higher clip uh, through doubles and, and hitting into the gap. That's a really good point. Short term, I do think the lack of power is a concern. Maybe not a priority, but something that Jed Hoyer will continue to look at and examine. Big picture-wise, I think the point is even more well taken, Bruce. The Cubs lack star power. And you look at the celebration of Dansby Swanson, who I was part of celebrating. I, I enjoyed that. I think he's a great addition. But when you look at the lack of star power in reference to the 2015 uh, team, the, the stars, the future stars on that team, it's hard to find them in the Cub organization unless you go to the lowest levels and players who aren't ready to contribute this year it's it's a point that you don't think about, but it's obvious to everyone paying attention to every level of the Cubs organization. Well, again, is Nico Horner going to be a star second baseman? Is uh, Are we going to see the emergence of Steele as one of the top pitchers in the National League? Will Bellinger make his way back to the very top at only age 27 or 28? So these are the things, uh, the storylines we'll be following all year with the Cubs. But, you know, on paper... Uh, slug-wise, you know, they're not in. They're not in the top 15. I don't think in the national in the in Major League Baseball. Okay, White Sox fans, you waited patiently as we have talked Cubs during Cubs Convention Week in the first hour. When we come back, it's time to play chin music. Did you hear what Joe Kelly said this week? And what about the Sox in terms of where they are with about a month before spring training? It's Bruce Levine, David Haw inside the clubhouse right here, Chicago Sports Radio, six seven to the score. How powerful is Cox Internet? Powerful enough to let your band members in Vegas, 
Phoenix, and Rhode Island. Jam like you're all in the same garage. Get Cox Internet powered by fiber with America's fastest download speeds. It's Internet built for tomorrow, today. Cox, always building better. Cox Internet is connected to the premises via coaxial connection. Speeds vary and are not guaranteed. Cox terms and other restrictions may apply. Analysis by Ookla speed test intelligence data. Fixed median download speeds. USQ3 2023. Celebrate and save at Ashley's anniversary sale. With Hot Buys, your choice of color starting at just $3.99. Ashley Sleep mattresses starting at $2.50. Plus, receive a free adjustable base with select mattress purchases. And shop top mattress brands like Stearns & Foster, Tempur-Pedic, Purple, and Beautyrest Black with 60-month special financing only at Ashley. Subject to credit approval. No minimum purchase required. Minimum monthly payment, down payment, tax, and delivery may be required. See store for details. The national sales event is on at your Toyota dealer, making now the perfect time to get a great deal on a dependable new car. Like a legendary Camry, built for performance and available with all-wheel drive, you can count on your new Camry to get anywhere you need to go. And with available features like heated seats and a multimedia touchscreen, you can stay connected in comfort and style. Or check out an affordable and reliable Corolla with a trim for every lifestyle. From the hip and agile sedan to the sporty hatchback, there's a dependable Corolla built just for you. Plus, both Camrys and Corollas are available in hybrid models. So no matter your style, you can drive efficiently and affordably. And right now, your local Toyota dealer has more vehicles in stock and is making delivery on new vehicles almost every day. So visit your local Toyota dealer. And check out amazing national sales event deals on Camrys, Corollas, and more when you visit buyatoyota.com. Offers end April 1st. Toyota, let's go places.